start recording. Throw those spoons in a piano because Uncle Foreigner is coming. Hello Foreigners, wherever you are. This is Hello Uncle Foreigner, the live to tape stream. I am Emily, your host, and with me in the background here is Peter. Woo! We are a weekly show dedicated to discussing our lives in China as artists. Um, coming to you live to tape from Whoop Woo Studios in Luzhou, Sichuan Province, China. It's a lovely cold evening here in Luzhou. A little bit, it's been a little bit rainy, but you know, that's winter for you. Um, if you're looking for the blog that is over on Hello Foreigner, we'll put a link right up here so you can find the vlog stories over on Hello Foreigner. Here on Hello Uncle Foreigner, we discuss kind of the making of that vlog. We bring it to you in four segments. Uh, number one, we kind of discuss a little bit of our personal life, let you know who we are as people. Then we move on to conducting business. They look at the kind of business marketing mechanics that it takes to keep a YouTube channel up and running. And then we don't have a name for the next segment, but we like to discuss after that a creative element to our work. It, let's call it Todd tonight. Tonight we'll call it Todd. Um, and finally we bring it home with a media recommendation for you. The big topic today is why aren't we live anymore? <gasps> Where this this channel is kind of an experiment in in this, <laughs> um, which is you know why we don't have full segment names yet, but we do have we have a we have a plan and we have a heart and we have a willingness to experiment. So we'll. We'll talk about what's going on where we're at in the lazy, latest phase of this experiment. But first, let's check in on my life. Let's have a let's have an interstitial. So, welcome to my life. The first thing is, I wish we had a cough button on our record software, which maybe we do, but excuse me, please, because I totally have to cough. <coughs> All right, so welcome to my life. I have, I have a little coffee throat tonight, but actually the big news is if you are a follower or friend or whatever they call it on Twitter, you already heard that I did a hand, headstand, a headstand in yoga the other day, which is the second headstand I've ever done in my adult life. So it's pretty exciting. Um, the teacher helped me, so I got my body like in that upside down triangle, and the teacher helped me kick my legs up over my head, and then like kind of spotted me so I didn't fall over, but it was pr I was pretty solidly balancing, which was really cool. I remember the first time I did it was like 15 years ago, and I remember being upside down felt 
incorrect. But this time it did, it felt a lot more solid. And I think this is because for the past six months I've been doing personal training classes at the gym so I actually have muscles and I have a core. And it turns out yoga is a lot easier to do if you already have muscles. And a core. And a core. <laughs> and a nuclear reactor. Um, but yeah, so that was fun. It was fun. I like this yoga class. I, I, my gym offers yoga classes, a couple yoga classes every day. And different times have different teachers, obviously. That's how yoga studios work. Um, and so I've met a couple of the different teachers. And they always have kind of like a friendly but panicked look when I walk in and they're like, uh, you can't understand Chinese, right? <laughs> like, yeah, no, I can, I can. Um, and this this time was no different. It was, a, it was a class I had not been to the Saturday morning class before. And so she was like, can you speak Chinese? I'm like, yeah, I know Chinese and I know some yoga. So I, I know the the moves. If we're in downward dog, then we're about to jump forward into our f forward bend. And do you know the, the Do you know downward dog in Chinese? I don't actually. <laughs> that I'm I'm coasting on like what I know of the sun salutation, um, but I do now quite well know breathe in and breathe out because I'm also doing that in my physical therapy classes too. And life. Um, and life. Well, I know how to do that, but I mean, I know the Chinese is is. Hu Qi and Xi Qi, I think. Xi Qi is in and Hu Qi is out. Or Fu Qi. So I don't know it that well, but I can understand <laughs> it. Um, but anyway, so yeah, it was really fun to go to yoga as a strong person because then it's, it's still a workout and it still is using your muscles, but I don't feel like that I'm dying anymore. So that's pretty cool. So that's, that's the yoga report. That was fun. <laughs> I mean, yoga was fun. The yoga report. The report was, was great. Yeah, that was fun <laughs> too. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's a little bit about me. Um, as our experiment progresses, I'm hoping to get better at these transitions. But let's get into conducting business. Okay, so the business news is we are no longer doing a live stream. Instead, we are doing live to tape. And the reason for this is that we just don't have a strong enough internet connection in China. I've talked to my ISP. Our upload speed is limited by law to 2 megabytes per second, which is not... It's not... We could eke out something but it's not a lot of speed but for what you have to say is too important to yeah this word. <laughs> and i do suspect that they can tell if you're uploading video because not only do we have the slow speed to start with but i think our internet gets throttled when we start streaming live video so it's just not working um but we don't need it but we don't need it because another aspect of the live stream is, Peter watches quite a bit of live YouTube streamers, and the problem with getting popular, 
who, who knew being popular would be a problem. It's not a problem for us. <laughs> but the problem with popularity is that people will come to your live stream and while in theory that interactivity is a, is a nice idea, actually we pretty much have a menu of what we want to say. And Peter's noticed like a lot of these chat rooms are full of people asking the same questions over and over again, getting off topic... You never get anywhere. Yeah, it's not. It's in in theory, it's a lovely open conversation with the whole world, but in practice, a lot of what the world has to say is like f fart butt. So, um, we had some discussion of like, what do we do if people come and ask questions and try to get us off topic? You know what? If people want to comment in the comments, we'll love to have that conversation there. But as far as during our our vidcast. Um, we don't have to worry about getting derailed if we are not live. Thanks to the government. Thanks to the government. So thank you, China. Um, as a bonus too, you know, I said this is our ongoing experiment to see, to see what we can do with a, a live kind of talk show cast because we do enjoy the format of just kind of... I'm having a great time. Talking. Um... And Peter and I are, are talking about this stuff all the time anyway. And so some of it, we, we want to find people who also want to talk about, you know, making, making stuff, what they do, their creative process. And so this is maybe a good way to reach out to other people. And also we know a lot of stuff. So, so you guys are so lucky to get our knowledge in this format. Um, so we, we still wanted to keep the... Keep going. Keep the vidcast, but just drop the live part, um, the live streaming part. Because we are, the plan is, we don't want to add more production to our week, as we've talked about in the past. We have bigger goals that we're working toward, and we tend to keep adding to our smaller projects till they're also big projects. But a live stream that we don't have to edit, or live recording that we don't have to edit, um doesn't really add so much to our workload. Squelch yeah. that ambition. Well, <laughs> not, not, yeah, maybe. <laughs> and if we also are not live streaming, we, when we were even successful at getting online, we were streaming at like 400, I don't know, bits per second. Ding it on. That sounds not like, that sounds off by orders of a thousand, but it was low. And now that we've figured out this other setup, we can use, we can record at a higher bit rate. We can record using a better camera instead of our webcam. Although this week we are just using the webcam because our plan is kind of week by week roll out little improvements. Because again, we like this project, but this project gets Sunday evening and that's, that's the time we have for it. It's not going to take away from our other projects. Later on, there'll be puppets and hats. And... Yeah, you know, all the stuff. So, yeah, that's um, that's the reason we did it. And, again, Explain. Peter... Explain yourself. <laughs> Peter watches a lot of live streamers, and the ones from China, they all have this problem. Their stream is interrupted, or they drop off, or you get, like, frozen screen, um... It's just a problem that's not going to get fixed. So change the plan is, was our approach to that. Um, anything else to add? Mm -mm. 
Okay. <laughs> so let's get creative. Here's another interstitial. So for Todd, our creative topic this week, um, again on Hello Foreigner, the vlog channel, we are, we've started from zero and we're posting an old video every day from the past year and now we're up to the point where Peter and I creatively were choosing between a kind of informative service journalism straightforward, talk to the camera, tell you some fact style versus a more kind of interpretive, entertaining, produced piece of work as a, as a vlog. Um, and you can see the, you can see like... Expanding our horizons. Yeah. I would say hip-hop, which we discussed before, um was very much that that first kind of like, let me give you the news, here's facts. We're telling them in kind of an entertaining way, but really, like, the rhetorical purpose of this video is to inform. And I, I spoke, I think, last week about how that's not, like, my favorite thing to do. I can do it because I know a lot of things, but I don't... You can't keep the world up to date on, on hot topics. Yeah, yeah. I left journalism. I don't want to... Be up to the minute on hot topics. Um, but there was a topic that I do know a lot about that I was like brimming with, I need to tell people about this, which is teaching in China. At the time last year, I just changed jobs, leaving a job I really hated for a job situation that sounded really good. And turned out to be really good. I'm still there and I still plan to stay there. And so I kind of, it was a little bit like, I'll show them the, the job that I quit because they were like so awful to me. And if they had listened to me, I wouldn't have quit. But, but now they're sorry. <laughs> but now they're sorry. They are. They like sent me messages months later like, how's it going? going Do great. you want to come back? And like... No, I left you because you refused to work with me on any of the things I needed. But anyway, anyway, so that was, I, I still have those feelings. But that was, it was kind of a revenge-driven motive to, to, give, to make like a kind of guide of like how to tell the difference between a good job and a bad job in China, teaching English job in China. I don't have expertise beyond that. Um... And then it turned into, because uh, that my personal vendetta is not really of interest to anybody else, how to look at a job and find what meets your needs in terms of, like, pay, time off, how easy is it to change your schedule. Because I do recognize, like, the things that I needed from a job are not the things that everybody needs from a job. So I, 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 I wanted... time to do podcasts and... Yeah, not everybody needs time to do podcasts. Some people do just want to work their butts off for six months and then go home with, like, a ton of money having worked seven days a week. Because that's available to you, too. Um, 
Make but your so own I need, decisions. Yeah, make your own decisions. But this was my my chance to get that out of my system and like give all the advice I wanted to give on teaching English in China. And that turned into there was that one central idea that turned into the like the job guide we called it. And then we kind of kept building on it till we had a series of six videos ranging in time, length and seriousness, some more like lighthearted topics like lunch. Yeah, school lunch or we did one on um how to get on television in China by accident because that's happened to us. You can watch them all over at Hello Foreigner. Yeah, and you can see and then more like more not more seriously, but more in depth about like what's the lifestyle actually like and then of course the big the big job guide and that. So that was like we worked really hard to to get all these facts together in one week. And yeah, and so in one week we published the six videos which at the time and since then is like the most we've ever done. Um but we were really proud of it and it came out really well, I think. And we, you know, it was factual, it was servicey, but we tried to give it a little bit of aesthetic value like we had a what did you call it the other day a 70s instructional film Propaganda yeah instruct, yeah yeah kind of like a fake we set up a fake newscaster desk so it a, wasn't just an info dump but yeah i mean it was a 20 page info <laughs> dump but we tried to add some production value as well um so if you're interested in seeing how that turned out um or if you want to know about or if you want to yeah if you want i'd it's really like the main piece is 20 minutes, 40 minutes. Almost 40, 35. Yeah, it's it's long. It's full of information. Um, I I recommend our work. <laughs> um, it's good. Uh, but then on the other hand, so after we did the, all this fact, 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 I think the, the very next video after that, or a video soon after that, is the KTV video. Mm. Um which just went up what yeah went up One yesterday day. yep um and that's where we started to exercise our stylistic chops um it's another video compiled out of archival footage that we had at the time we didn't go shoot anything new for it but except for in studio you were in studio oh yeah we shot a we recorded a voiceover but we didn't we and don't have face. any did we? Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's the whole point. Yeah, that's right. Is that that I have the future costume on? Um, but yeah, that we, our experience of KTV had been a little bit like a surreal journey, an Alice in Wonderland accidental adventure that kind of just happens to you when you're out in China. It's noise. It's sight. It's sound. Yeah. So we wanted to capture the feeling of that. Instead of just narrating in a straightforward way, oh, we go to KTV, karaoke, in case you didn't catch that. Um, we, we didn't want to just, like, fact, 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 fact. We wanted to, to make... Bring you along the ride, not describe Yeah, we wanted to make a piece of art. Um, so, yeah, we did, we did some kind of production tricks. We met, had a voiceover that wasn't... Really a narrative, it was more of like a, a mood piece feeling 
Um, and I was, that's like one of the first ones that kind of pushes into that direction. I would say most of our videos up to that point had been pretty straightforward. straightforward yeah. I mean, jokey, but straightforward. Um, and that, I, that was really fun for us. We really liked exercising those muscles. And so for us, the decision was that teaching in China was kind of our goodbye to that kind of service journalism, fact-based narrative. And we wanted to see how we could push into kind of a more creative realm. Um, so you can you can check those both out. And at the beginning of us trying to figure out how to tell stories about living in China and not how to live in China or why to live in China. Yeah, yeah, because that's as a as a motivator. I don't I don't know you. I mean, except that most of you watching are. My <laughs> I know you. I, 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 I know, know you. you. <laughs> but you know, I I don't want to presume to give anyone advice about how they should live. I just want to show you an experience that you could relate to or not relate to and, and also find meaning in that. Um, Live vicarious. Yeah. Yeah. Or inspire or beguile or whatever. I am beguiling. You know, we're trying to work on making you laugh. Yeah, we do. That's Peter and I. Crack the code of humor. Laugh all day with each other, and we want to really serious about humor. <laughs> well, we both like are unprofessionally funny people, and we would like to cross over into maybe professionally funny people. Um, but the, so it started with with a departure from just like narrating an A to B to C story, um, and you can KTV is is really the beginning of that. I That's think. where it all starts. Get swept away on a psychedelic journey. <laughs> it all, it all starts somewhere. Um, What's next? Well, we're going we're gonna to wrap it up with a media recommendation. So let's get an interstitial in here. So our media recommendation this week is a two-part documentary series called Made in Scotland, the, a documentary about the Scottish comedian Billy Connolly. What? Um, and this actually fits really nicely with what we were just talking about um, in terms of creativity. But So I want to preface this with, I like documentary a lot. I don't love documentaries about one subject one person as a subject and I actually like biopics and biography in general I'm really not interested in and one is one reason is I don't subscribe to the great man theory of history I think like one person being responsible for the thing is a false narrative and it's not that interesting and also too I think Stories are interesting because of relationships and interactions, not because of one person's biographical facts. Um, that being said, I think this documentary does a great job in that it's also, it seems to be both produced and about Billy Connolly, which is like... But a quick preface of who he is. Oh yeah, let's start there. <laughs> Billy Connolly is a Scottish comedian um, if you don't know. If you don't know. You've probably seen him. He's pretty 
He's pretty famous in America, but both Peter and I didn't know, like, he's super rock star famous. He's been on TV. In the UK. He's been in movies. Yeah. He but. was famous famous to me. Um, he took over for head in Head of the Class, a sitcom in the 90s. Must be in the 90s. Get um, over shades to watch that. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I just remember, like, What's, who's this new guy on the show? Um, and I think my parents were like, oh, he's famous. <laughs> um, but now, I do know now who he is, and he's he's a very funny man. Um, he kind of had, he's, his, uh, from the documentary, did you know that he was, like, so involved in music? I didn't, yeah, know, I yeah. didn't know that part. He's counterculture in all different kind of ways. Yeah. A real renaissance. Yeah, yeah. He, he started in the folk scene, and then... Alternative comedy art. Yeah, as as he put it, the the spaces between the songs where he would tell stories got longer and longer, and then he was being a stand up comic. Sort of the opposite um, of like a Tom Waits kind of. Yeah. Where Tom Waits got more music and less comedy. Yeah, Connolly went the opposite route, and so this documentary, he is a producer on the documentary, which, as as like a journalist, that to me is screams advertorial um i think projects that are biographically true that are about living people who have input into that story do you know what i'm saying i'm thinking specifically of the queen movie that i think Uh, like stuff that's about people who are alive who also have input into that project are usually not well executed. I think they they worry too much about hurting feelings or the people who are alive worry too much about looking bad to get a true if you're if you're or there's just hero worship. Yeah, if your goal is objectivity, that's not how you achieve it. And even often when they're dead, there's hero worship that yeah, clouds yeah. the whole narrative. And and this made in Scotland, it does have the standard talking heads and excerpts of old performances that, you know, is a standard of the genre. Glasgow in the 50s. Yeah, but that's that's the part. So, he's involved, but I think that's actually works out to be a strength in the fact that he's not interested in painting the arc of his life. He wants to give you some stories about his life and that his strength as a comedian is that he is an excellent storyteller and that's put to good use, I think. And so it does, as Peter is saying, it does give you this portrait not just of him as the man, but also as Glasgow in the 50s when he was growing up. He takes you into, he was a welder at the boat. Yard? Shipyard. Shipyard. Shipyard is what that's called. Um, and he really, like, paints a picture. And it's not a self-centered picture at all. It's it's like he brings you into that world and what that feels like. And then later on in part two, he brings you to the Aberdeen seashore, which is where the, all of Glasgow apparently took their vacations when he was a kid. And, like, he do, he's not interested in glorifying himself. He wants to show you the places and the people he loved. And I think that's what makes it work. And all... For me, anyway. In a very unhurried way, given that he has Parkinson, it isn't sort of a, a last ditch of, like, 
here's my life story before I die. It's a very relaxed, like, just kind of going with the flow while, while we're here. Yeah, and, and, and he has all these digressions into, like, songs that he loved, or he just kind of for no other reason that, than that these people also lived in Scotland, like, goes and talks to other artists and musicians, and, and it's really, it's a portrait, it's his portrait of a place that he loved, rather than, like, and there's tons, or not tons, but there's a lot of, like, interviewing other comedians just saying how great he is. Yeah, he is our lost yeah. noble. Yeah. But he himself is not interested in the hero worship. He wants you to know about the things that he loves. And I, so I think that's what carries the day and makes it actually an interesting piece of work. Um... Because that's, like, even even celebrities and artists and, and figures I'm interested in, I don't care about reading their biography, and that starts with, like, then they went to school, and then they did this, and... and well, if they tell you what... Made in Scotland abandons that. that does, it's not interested in linearity if at you, all. If you find out what was around, what they did, how they had fun, how you lived your life, then it informs better how they actually got to their art rather than, like, on this day I did such and such, and then this year I went to here. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I think Connolly, as a storyteller, had a better eye. And a storyteller, mm. as he self-admits, like, he's closer to the end of his life than the beginning, that he's he's processed these memories. He has these, these anecdotes, um... And so, as as kind of... He's been telling them for decades. Yeah. Perfecting them. Yeah. Honing. So, it's not so much... It's not so much the facts about the man as, like, what's in his heart. Um, so... Yeah, and about comedy. And yeah, and living, about comedy. Living a good life. Being a decent person. And it does, at the end, um, it's very touching. He gets into, like, his own mortality... And how, how being, you know, not like he's going to die tomorrow, but he's in a state where he is, like, he's looking back. He's processing. Um, and this is his time. This is his time to do it for the BBC. But never really maudlin. Yeah, no, he not at all. He still has the spirit of, of being a good-hearted, let's-have-a-good-time guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so that's Made in Scotland. On the BBC? BBC. I'm not sure where you can find it if you live in America, but I'm sure. You could. I'm sure it's around. You can find England from America somehow. Yeah. Go to England and watch <laughs> it on TV. <laughs> Go to your computer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I guess that's, that's it. That's it? What? Yeah. Another week gone by? Another week has gone by? We've educated you all about everything that we know, which is quite a lot. <laughs> I feel richer. Yeah. I think um, I think live to tape is a success. It's so much easier to just keep talking without worrying about, are we on or have we stopped? We have not ducked out once. Yeah. So um, thanks for watching, everybody. And we hope to see you back here next week when we'll have more stories from the artist's life in China. Um, 
have a good week. Noodles to you.